0: In his book, The Abolition of Man, C.S. Lewis foresaw a deadly marriage between moral subjectivity and technological advancement. In 1944, before the death camps of the National Socialists had been liberated, before the full horrors of communism surfaced on the world stage, Lewis looked into the future with uncanny clarity and predicted what we are witnessing today. He wrote, the process which, if not checked, will abolish man goes on among communists and Democrats no less than among fascists. The methods may at first differ in brutality, but many a wild-eyed scientist, many a popular dramatist, many an amateur philosopher in our midst means in the long run just the same as the Nazi rulers of Germany. Quote, traditional values are to be debunked, end quote, and mankind to be cut out into some fresh shape at the will, which must by hypothesis be an arbitrary will, of some few lucky people in one lucky generation which has learned how to do it. He surmised, a great many of those who debunk traditional, or as they would say sentimental values, have in the background values of their own, which they believe to be immune from the debunking process. In other words, many a person among us is capable C.S. Lewis foresaw, of the same horrors perpetrated by the Nazis. For when an oligarchy of influencers decides to go against the laws of nature and of traditional morality, be sure that they have their own value system that they will impose. Couple this with the advancement of technology and Lewis foresaw the experts as being the new high priests of a lawless society and the experts would dictate to the masses how they must live. Well, this week I attended a local school board meeting for the first time ever in my life and the 90 minute segment of time when community members spoke was dominated by the discussion of the school board's six to three vote in favor of allowing freedom of choice in wearing masks for teachers and for students, contingent on a parent survey that had gone out in which I was told 80% of the parents were in favor of freedom of choice. It occurred to me as I listened that the parents who affirmed the board's decision for their children and the teachers to be able to attend school with choice use research, very specific research to back up what they were saying. One speaker in fact cited over 20 articles from medical journals that she was willing to make available to anyone interested. The other side was in favor of denying choice and mandating masks and thus overthrowing the majority will of both parents and the school board. The freedom choice side outnumbered more than two to one, the forced maskers. It's important to note that several of the maskers came into the building, not wearing masks, but donned them before that they were to go on camera a fact pointed out by another parent for those watching on zoom. What struck me was that each and every one of the second group, the forced maskers referenced experts, every single one of them to validate their argument. Some of those experts even referenced experts. One doctor who they got on at the very end admitted he was not an expert in virology, but he said he deferred to the experts. However, never once did he or any of the other experts cite what actual scientific data from medical journals showed. For all the incessant insistence that we follow the science, those who trusted the experts didn't actually want science. In the microcosm of the school board meeting, C.S. Lewis's predictions manifested eerily. He further wrote in The Abolition of Man that when all that says it is good has been debunked, what says I want remains. I am very doubtful whether history shows us one example of a man who, having stepped outside traditional morality and attained power, has used that power benevolently. I was looking through some photos I had on my phone from a couple years ago and I spied a quote on the wall of a museum where I'd taken my children. In light of this past year and of technocrats and elites and viruses and vaccines and my long-held claim that compassion is simply being wielded as another word for lawlessness by many in our society, this quote, along with who spoke it, jumped out at me. The quote says technology is unlocking the innate compassion we have for our fellow human beings. The speaker, Bill Gates. How did we get to this frightening place in history where parents in my state received a letter this week from the department of health dictating to them COVID measures and threatening at the end with forcible removal of their children from their home to an undisclosed location. How did detainment camps become a household word? How did HIPAA manage to vanish into thin air? How did we end up with medical apartheid and workplace discrimination and segregated schools, all based on an emergency authorized experimental gene therapy injection? How is the phrase contact tracing even permitted to be a part of a free people's vocabulary? if you follow this blog, you know that I've been sounding an alarm for the last 11 years that the United States is looking far too similar to Nazi Germany with its humanism, its commitment to killing the weakest and most vulnerable in our society, its depraved propaganda that passes for news, and its insidious government overreach. How? We've allowed our values and traditions to be debunked, certainly. And we've allowed ourselves to become an ignorant and amused to death populace, as Neil Postman pointed out, with the highest goal of the majority of news providers to convince you to be a faithful member of their audience, not to bring you anything rooted in truth or reality. Postman wrote his book Amused to Death back in 1985, before we even had 24 hour news cycles. We have made rational reasoning first irrelevant. And then something to be ridiculed and ourselves ripe for delusion for in cs lewis's analysis of classic versus modern education he wrote the difference between the old and the new education being in a word the old was a kind of propagation men transmitting manhood to men the new is merely propaganda i have on my website at emilytomco.com copies of the letter that was sent out this week in my state to parents and other graphics for you to check out. Go to com for more information. Also check out my prayer wall if you are in need of prayer. Thank you for listening. Fight the good fight. Do you want to learn more about prophecy and about hearing from God for yourself? The Apostle Paul told the church to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. In the Greek there it means to burn with desire. It's where we get our English word for zeal. That's how much Paul wanted the church to desire these gifts, and he said especially that you may prophesy. I wrote a book called 31 Thoughts on Prophecy, Meditations on the Quickening Word of God. It's written in such a way that you can easily adapt it for a small group study, or a Bible study, but you can also read it just for yourself. As a devotional, the chapters are very small. 31 Thoughts on Prophecy. You can find it on Amazon or on my author page at www.emilytomko.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-T-O-M-K-O.com.